three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. everybody thank you so much for listening this is the real pineapple this is your humble host hunter here hope you're having a great start to your weekend uh, i've got a review here for <sighs> alas the last daniel craig james bond film which oh my god it's finally in fucking theaters holy crap i can't believe we gotta wait this long Got a review here for No Time to Die, which of course is directed uh, by a uh, first-time director for the Bond franchise, Kiri Joji uh, Fukunga. Fukunaga uh, is what I'm going to go with. Um, he was a screenwriter for It, which I've heard It is amazing, uh, the latest version. Uh, I won't be seeing it because fuck clowns. Uh, he, of course, went ahead and was the uh, was uh, on the, the True Detective, uh, the, the first season of True Detective as well. Um, also directed this really underrated movie called Love Song, which if you've not seen, I highly recommend you do. I believe that came out in like 2015 or 2016. But this, of course, stars Daniel Craig. You know him, of course, from Layer Cake, Golden Compass, uh, of course, the other Bond films, and Knives out logan lucky uh rami malik uh joins the franchise as a saf uh, you know him of course from short term 12 mr robot um and i'll go through the rest of the cast here in just a moment but i will say myself while i've never been how do i put this i'm a casual bond fan i'm a fan of the character um uh, golden i still believe is the best uh james bond uh, uh james bond film uh casino royale is a Right underneath it and it's so close to being as great if not better but i just i'll admit i prefer goldeneye goldeneye was my first bond uh film i ever saw and it just hit me in this way i went i fucking love this movie at love goldeneye rewatched it maybe a month ago still holds up still is my favorite but rewatching casino royale there is this element to bond this brutality this coldness that him first getting his license to kill first becoming a a double O. It's really impressive to see where Daniel Craig is taking this character and how long and how long he's been able to go ahead and play the character. Um, Casino Royale came out. What was that? Two thousand eight? Uh, Two thousand six? Pardon me. So he's been playing Bond for fifteen years, which is crazy when you think about it. And when you think about the injuries that he's sustained, you know, uh, it it's pretty remarkable that he's still playing this character at such a at such a high level, uh, Craig, keep in mind, was 38 when he started playing Bond. He's 53 now. And I, I, I mean, first off, a tip of the cap to Daniel Craig for being able to keep his body in the incredible shape that he has. Uh, there's a shirtless scene he has in this movie. And I, I thought he was 45, to be completely honest, like at, on the high end. And the fact that he's almost 55, fucking bravo, sir. But Craig has always brought this, this, how do I put this? This harshness to Bond that I actually appreciate because he feels more like a spy. He feels very cold and calculated at points. And, you know, Casino Royale, of course, has that whole relationship with him and Vesper. And while one of my 
few complaints about Casino Royale is, you know, Bond being emotionally compromised. Considering he's double O, you'd think he'd be able to kind of check that shit at the door. I do love the way that this film picks from Casino Royale. It picks from uh, Spectre, which, while I do not like Spectre at all, if you've not listened to our review, highly recommend you do. But I love the way it picks from Spectre. I love the way that it picks from Skyfall as far as, far as we get the um, we get this uh, this great shot of MI6 headquarters and we see and we see a, a a picture or a painting of Judy Dench's M. You know that she's like watching over MI6. I, I think that's so well done. But is this a fitting fit? Is this a fitting end to uh, to Craig's Bond uh, series? Well, let's get into it. So. Movie picks up with Daniel Craig, uh, Craig's Bond, and then um, I'm gonna definitely butcher her name because I can never say it correctly. Um, <laughs> but uh, with her and uh, Leah's uh, Sado's uh, Madeline Swan, uh, her of course having the connection with her dad being one of the head operatives of Spectre, they're off on holiday. They are enjoying their life. Bond no longer being an agent, being retired, and um, you know them just enjoying each other's company. And one of the things that I was not crazy about Inspector is that I didn't, I really didn't care about the relationship <laughs> at all. And the more that film went on, I just went, uh, I'm not buying this. And while I'm not buying it really in this film either, there is enough chemistry between the leads that I really didn't feel existed in Spectre, that I'm at least able to go along with it. I'm along for the ride in that sense. I, I don't love it, but it was something I went, you know what, okay. I love the fact that with this film in particular, especially early on, it calls into question the fact that, you know, have you ever gotten over Vesper, which, let's be real, Bond, if there's one thing I will give the Craig Bond films, it's that while, again, I don't think him and Vesper's relationship was well-developed, especially for it just being one film, maybe if you stretch that over Quantum and she dies there, I think you could maybe get, you know, some more mileage out of it, but that's always kind of been this ghost that's haunted Craig's Bond, and I really appreciate that there's this point where Madeline just kind of looks at him and goes, you know, you kind of need to go ahead and not get over this, but you need to you need to go ahead and make peace with this. The quote she even says is, can you forgive her for us? And that is something about this film that I just went, damn it, I kind of love this about the film. There are these pockets of dialogue that characters drop that really make you kind of stop and go, oh, okay. It, it gets a little deeper than I think a lot of people are going to really think that it that's going to bond goes ahead to go visit vesper's grave and it's a fucking trap so here's where one of my big complaints about the film overall comes in bond has like a grenade in close proximity to him like three or four times and the first time again the explosion that i just referenced that is a it caught me so off guard in the theater i was like i was sitting there going wow that's actually kind of amazing that they went in and just snuck that in and you have the whole you know the almost like you hear the ring you know the the ring in your ears i love the way that they go ahead and film that and craig uh, craig's bond seems so disoriented he's like oh fuck what the hell I love that scene because it kicks into the whole action scene on the bridge that you've seen in the trailer where Bond jumps off that bridge and goes ahead and grabs that cable, jumps off and, you know, swings from the from the cable. I love that action scene. The first 
20-ish minutes, I would say, outside of the initial conversation that Madeline and him have once they're kind of in their hotel on holiday. It's really an action set piece from there. And outside of Casino Royale, it's my favorite opening of the Bond films, even more so than Skyfall, which, do not misunderstand, I fucking love the opening for Skyfall, but I actually like this more for the emotion that it has behind it and the fact that Bond isn't just chasing someone. He's chasing someone because they came to his house, they fucked with a you know, they fucked with the program from him. And so now he has to go ahead and fight back. And I love that distinction. I think it's a very important distinction to set Bond up on this journey. Um I, I absolutely love it. So from there, Bond, uh, we go ahead and we have a time jump. So we jump ahead about five years. So Bond is no longer in the field. He goes ahead and leaves Madeline, takes her to a train station. Flout says, you won't see me again. And what I, something I really do enjoy so much about this film is that it shows that Bond, even when he doesn't want to be a spy, even when he just wants to be left the fuck alone, it's almost kind of Magneto, Magneto-esque in that sense where how many times have we seen the Magne- in the X-Men films where Magneto was just like, can you please leave me alone? I don't want to be a villain. And circumstances or, you know, apocalypse or wh- whoever would show up and fuck with him. And he goes, fuck, I have to go back to being a villain because you won't leave me the fuck alone. I kind of love that about Craig's Bond here because he's doing everything he can to stay off the map and just not go ahead and engage with anyone. But... Pardon me, but he is going. Uh, he is basically recruited uh, by Jeffrey Wright's uh, Felix, who you've seen, you know, throughout the Bond films ever since Casino Royale. He goes ahead and recruits him for the CIA and says, "Hey, there's this, you know, dangerous weapon. There's this dangerous guy who is, you know, out there. We kind of need to make sure we nip this in the bud now. You're the only one I trust with this." And Felix is joined. <laughs> Uh, hilariously, by the way, by um, uh, by the dude from uh, from uh, Game Night, uh, Billy, I think it's like um, Masalson or something like that. They go ahead and they recruit Craig and uh, Craig's Bond. And what one thing I do love about this film is that the locales, they're clearly on location. Everything is shot extremely sexy. And when I say that, I'm not saying like it's, you know, it's sexual or anything like that, but Every shot really is, like, there really isn't a bad shot for me in this film. There's a couple shots in this film that I think are some of the best in Craig's entire run, and I'll and I'll get there in a moment. But uh, Bond being back in the fold goes ahead and gets him on the radar, of course, of MI6 again. And uh, Lashana Lynch's Nomi, uh, who, of course, is the new 007, you know, of course, from Max Cloud, Fast Girls, Captain Marvel, name a few. I... I feel like I need to address this right out the gate. Yes, she is 007, but her and Bond have incredible banter and really incredible chemistry. She's actually really funny in this. And while there's some humor that doesn't work in this film, for the most part, I'd say 80, 85% of the time, the humor really works here, which I'll be honest was probably the biggest surprise for me was how funny I found this movie. And it really does lead to some like to some really charming moments and some charming banter uh you see it in the trailer where there's this point where bond goes ahead and re uh, is it reintroduced to q and money penny and poor q god bless him played of course by uh by paddington uh because he will always be paddington to me um 
been uh, been what was it been Warshaw, but I love how Bond and Q's relationship, even though it really only goes back to uh, Skyfall. I love how their friendship has evolved and where things end up. I, you know, what? I'll I'll save that for a second. But the humor really was a big uh, surprise for me. The other big surprise, the action in this movie might be the best it's been start to finish in a Craig Bond film since Casino. Because yes, Skyfall has some incredible, incredible action scenes, especially that opening, that opening bit. There's from the opening action sequence in this movie to the climax, uh, uh, the end uh, climactic battle to the scene that happens and takes place in a forest. Everything is so well shot from an action perspective. I found myself not even even just impressed but really in awe of how well this all was working it's like okay now i have to get into stuff that i just wasn't a fan of rami malik i'm a huge fan of this young man as i mentioned earlier you know him from need for speed mr robot short term 12 bohemian rhapsody of course oscar winner rami malik and it breaks my heart to say that he is just, the script does him no favors as a villain. He gets a hold of this new weapon that he's going to use to wipe out the world, essentially. And the issue for Malik's, uh, uh, Safin, I believe is how you say it, his motivation really doesn't make any sense. When they're explaining this tech that he has, there's... A million other things he could be doing with it that would probably be more evil or a way to get him richer and they kind of hint at the fact that you know his dad his family has money but it's never really addressed they just kind of have money because shut up that's why and it sucks to say that because again i'm a huge fan of, of rami malik but his his motivations are so unclear and just not defined he gets a hell of an intro too uh, which ties him to a character in this film and that had me on the edge of my seat literally i was sitting there going fuck i'm loving this and he comes across menacing he comes across mysterious and for the rest of the film he never comes across like that which again fucking sucks i really wish that wasn't the case but even by the end of the film where this ends up, I just went, uh, this, this kind of is maddening to me that you get an actor of his caliber, again, Oscar winning actor, whether he deserved it or not. And it just, it pisses me off because again, this is Craig's last outing. I wanted to see this be, you know, on the level of Skyfall, on the level, you know, at worst on the level of Skyfall. And while it's not Spectre, it, it does fall short in some aspects there is also a doctor who helps get this insane uh tech for uh Safin who's played by David uh uh Dinshik. uh you know him from the girl with the dragon tattoo uh we are the best which if you haven't seen it I would actually recommend um but he, uh, you also know him from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. That's where I recognize him from. But the issue with him is that while he is apparently this brilliant scientist, he, his humor or attempts at humor definitely clashed with the film for me. 
it's more in the like the 70s kind of bond realm than it really should be given the seriousness of the film and, and it it kind of took me out of it at points which i just went ah uh, that's irritating because again it's a problem that this film shouldn't have but unfortunately it's there uh, even at the end where there's this point where uh 007 the black one is uh <laughs> is telling him like you need to tell me this you need to tell me this and he's like oh well he's like he's acting so bumbling like i don't know how to talk and da, da, da. and it just it's frustrating it, it's really frustrating because again it's something that just feels unnecessary and probably a rewrite would have gotten rid of that um as far as other stuff that i really did enjoy Ben, uh, ben Winshaw, as i mentioned as q uh i really enjoy how they use q in this movie i do wish we got a little but I always want more of Paddington. But him and Bond, their dynamic is really strong here for the limited bits that we get of them together, which was a pleasant surprise. Ana de, uh, Ana de Armas, who plays, uh, uh, pa- uh, pa- uh, oh my gosh, Paloma. There we go. So here's my biggest complaint slash compliment. There's this point where, because Bond is working with Felix, uh, Felix basically tells him, hey, you need to go ahead and meet this uh, this woman here. And I loved her in this. Of course, you know her from Knives Out. I loved her in this. I loved her in this so much. She is charming. She is sexy. She has this very bubbly energy. She talks about how she's basically been, quote, an agent, uh, you know, for under a month. And this incredible she has this incredible screen presence that she brings to this character. My biggest complaint is that she's not in the film for very long. She's only in the film for maybe 10-ish minutes. And that sucks because I really want more of her. But she's great. Not good. Great. She damn near steals the scene that she's in from Bond. There's this great back and forth that they have where they're going ahead and trying to go ahead and track down uh track down that uh you know that insane scientist and it works so well and i again i really wish there was more chemistry uh i wish there was more of that chemistry between uh bond and you know the supposed love of his life to be honest and that's something that you know on reflecting on the film i just went yeah there was better chemistry there but i love that character for the limited amount of time we get with her and considering how pardon me considering how this film really does open up the universe of of bond for multiple you know potential crossovers and you know new people to take on the 007 mantle she should definitely be working for mi6 i pray she ends up working for mi6 uh somehow i i absolutely adored her and she was just she made me so happy um she has this uh almost like kamala khan she has this i'm new to this but i want to prove myself attitude but it's not it's not like she's overstepping or being a bitch or anything like that she's she's being so endearing and true in her emotions and i just i love seeing her in this i really hope that we get more of her moving forward uh, Ray Fiennes is M. He's he's great here. Uh, Ray Fiennes is one of the best actors you know we have. I mean, of course you know him, you know from the Harry Potter films, Grand Budapest. Uh, love Ray Fiennes, but him and Bond have this conversation, and I mean this as a compliment. Where it's basically going, my dick's bigger. No, my dick's bigger. No, my dick's bigger. And again, I mean that as a compliment because they have this very real conversation about MI6, and it does paint 
not just uh, Fine's version of M, but really paints MI6 in this light where you go, huh, okay. And I mean that as a compliment because it is something that I think you can come back to and explore down the road, like how, you know, how, quote, good, quote unquote, is MI6. And it's a really interesting little nugget that they put out there, which, again, I think they could easily go ahead and continue to develop. Mm, pardon me. It's been a long day, <laughs> but something you could continue to develop that they, uh, if they so choose. Where this film ends up, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy where this film ends. And I will say that even though this film is over two and a half hours, uh, I never felt the length of this phrasing. I I always was engaged, even on the parts that I'm not crazy about. It's two hours and 43 minutes. So it's basically the same length as uh, Transformers. Uh, what's that one? Uh, not Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, the la- Not the last night. Uh, the first one with Mark Wahlberg. Dark on the Moon. There you go. Um, or no, Age of Extinction. Good God, there's so many dumb Transformers titles. But it's, while that movie felt like a fucking drag and a crawl to get through, I never felt that with this film, which that's impressive considering I think Quantum of Solace is a fucking just drag and it feels like it has lulls at multiple points. I never felt that with this. There's maybe about a 10 minute gap where I went, all right, slow down a little bit if we could pick it back up. But it really does pick up back up really quickly and I went oh okay so I really have to give I, I really have to give credit where it's due on that front even again while there was stuff that I wasn't super crazy about so the writers of this are uh, Neil uh, Neil Purvis uh, you know him he wrote uh, helped write Casino Royale Will Quantum of Solace the uh, Skyfall yay Spectre boo he also Oh, he's a screenwriter on World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day and Johnny English. God, what a random career. Um, Robert Wade, he also worked on uh, Quantum, Casino, Skyfall, Spectre. Um, He also worked on Die Another Day and Johnny English, which, you know, not, I mean, that's not great. Um, The director also was a writer on here. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was brought on to uh, to help with the writing, and... As someone who's a big fan of Solo and Fleabag, uh, she's kind of a fucking badass. So I was really, I was happy to see her get a writing credit on this. Overall, just to go over a few more things, the scene that you see in the trailer where all those men are shooting at Bond's car, that scene in particular. So there are two, de- there are two deaths in this film that Bond gets on bad guys that I just went. I love this so much. There's one where he uses uh, his watch, and I will just say that. And then there's one where uh, involving a car, and I just went, "Yep, this is fucking wonderful." Uh, Christoph Waltz is back in here as Blofeld. He and Bond do have this really quite intense conversation that I was a big fan of. It's actually better than any of their conversations in Spectre, which again, go fucking figure. But outside of that, I enjoyed the last, uh, there's this uh, staircase fight near the end of the film that's very reminiscent of the hallway fight in Daredevil, which I fucking adored. That scene in particular in the hallway, that's one of my favorite fights uh, that Craig has had. I love that scene. And this is the example I've used. I'm going to keep using it until I can think of a better one. This is, okay, this is not Rise of Skywalker. It doesn't feel like this is just a absolute just swing and a miss as far as 
wrapping up Bond's, uh, Craig's Bond story. But this is the third best film out of the five that Craig has done, which is a bummer because I, I would almost, I would want it to at least be for a, a capper. I'd want it to be the second best for its floor. I don't know if anything was ever going to top Casino Royale, but I was disappointed that while this film for the first, I'd say hour, it's probably a solid A to see just kind of stumble as it goes on and not quite stick the landing like I would like. It, it it's a bit of a bummer, but again, this is not this is not a I'm mad at this. This is not Venom Let There Be Carnage, which you know, think fuck it's not that. But I was a little disappointed by this. Just because I do believe there's not a good but a great film in here. If you go ahead and do a couple of rewrites, uh punch up Malik's villain and then get rid of some of the awkward humor. But to go ahead and close and wrap up here, this is something that is well worth your time to go and see in a theater. I wouldn't saw this in 3D. Uh, who knew this would be in 3D? <laughs> but I had fun with this. I-, I really did have fun. And there is enough here to definitely warrant the theater experience. But at the end of the day, though, it is it is a little disappointing. But again, still worth your time. So I'm going to give this a solid B. Uh, a B for Bond. Um <laughs> Hey, Daniel Craig, sir, my cap is off to you, sir. Thank you for 15 years of playing this character, for putting your body on the line for it and suffering those injuries, which, I mean, son of a bitch. I mean, go through and read about the injuries. I mean, just the one with his kneecap. I went, oh, my God. Um, Craig's a badass. And I cannot wait for Knives Out 2 or whatever it ends up being called. But huge fan of you, sir. Again, tip of the cap to you. And... I'm really curious to see what they do with Bond moving forward. It's going to be interesting. But everyone, no time to die. What did you think of it? Let us know what you thought in the comments. You can go ahead and like both our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. Uh, I'm going to be hopping on Twitch here uh, later this month to stream some Resident Evil 4 for Halloween. So. Go ahead and keep an eye out for that. Make sure you like both pages again. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher and iHeartRadio, Spotify and Amazon Music, to name a few spots. And you can find me on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up here soon for Halloween Kills. I'm getting to our real spooky series. We're going to have more reviews up for uh, some Halloween content as well, including uh, <laughs> including Escape the Undertaker, because why the hell not, along with the, a review for the original Halloween, as well as Halloween Kills next week, which I am so excited to watch that. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Take care of each other, wear a mask, get your COVID shot, and we'll talk to you soon.